Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge and Asif Khan. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This, my friends, is episode number 200. They say that 200, 200. We're recording this live a little early, September 18th. Uh, the year 2014. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untethered.tv, as it always has been and always will be. With me as usual, Asif Khan from the Location-Based Marketing Association, live from La Belle Provence, uh, Montreal, uh, hotel room here in in, uh, in in the beautiful Montreal. Um, yeah, you know it's uh, you know 200, Rob. 200, 200. 200. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just another day at the office, right? Yeah, it is. It is. And and, and you might think we're going to have a big celebration, but we're not. We've decided to postpone that for episode 201. Yes, yes. Um, no, we're going to wait till episode 300. We're going to celebrate yeah, at 300. Yeah. yeah, but 201 is going to be fun. We are going to attempt for uh, only a handful of times. So maybe this is the second time that we will be doing this. We're going to be doing this live from... Uh, the great city of New York. And uh, so just a quick announcement about that. Next Monday, I mean, the not yeah, next Monday, if you're getting this on a Monday, the following Monday, there will not be an episode. It will be published late Tuesday night that week or first thing Wednesday morning. But what I would suggest you do is subscribe to the iTunes or the RSS feed or the email newsletter to get notified when this episode is up. We are not missing a week. We're just putting it off a day so that we can actually record live Tuesday afternoon. Uh, so that's episode 201 will be delayed by a day or so. Just just let you know. We're not dropping off the face of the earth. We haven't hung it up after 200. No. No. Well, uh, Steve, what are you doing in Montreal? Uh, I'm over here, uh, you know, meeting with a couple startups, but uh, primarily here uh, at the uh, request of uh, TELUS and uh, their agency, Cassette, uh, to do... Uh, um, you know, one of my usual talks. Uh, I'm actually doing a little bit of a roadshow uh, for them. Uh, so here, and then um, uh, going to be in uh, in Vancouver doing the same thing for them uh, at the end of next week, uh, and then uh, we're also going to do it in Toronto um, in, in a week, in a couple weeks after that. So there you all go. all location, all the time, all location, all the time. Yeah, doesn't that get boring? We got to pick new 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 uh, new ventures here. Like I'm thinking, you know, uh, we got to pick a different topic. Just end this. 200 episodes in, we'll just end it. We'll find something new to do. Something exciting. Yeah. Blue no. Jays, Yankees, we can talk about that. We can talk about the uh, Leafs, done. Senators. Are done. Yeah. And the Leafs and the Senators, both are done already. The season hasn't even started yet, right? <laughs> it's very clear. Yeah. Well, we have a, a great show planned for you today. Top 10 stories. Obviously, we're going to do a couple of uh, deep dives and, and into some big concepts. And you'll see with these stories how they shake out. There's some really good stories in here, some unique stories, some terrible, terrible initiatives as well. As usual, I get to rant a little bit, which is great. And then we've got Deli Portnoy, who is the president of ThinkNear. Uh, it's a telenav company. And he's on here to talk about the Location Score Index the second one that they put out, they put one out last quarter. It basically ripped through the industry uh, very quickly, like a bull. And uh, we're going to take a look and see what happened in the last quarter when it comes to location accuracy for ads. And uh, you know what? There's some good news. So you're going to have to stick around for Ellie and uh, his uh, his conversation, my conversation with Ellie about the location score index. Um, what's going on with the Location-Based Marketing Association? Should we start with Retail Loco? We should. Yeah. Uh, you know, so It's not right. old hat right now. We're not bored of that yet either? No, not at all. Not yeah. at all. So Retail Loco, October the 22nd, Chicago. It's our big conference. Really pumped about it now. We're locked down on sponsors. The final agenda is coming together. Uh, fantastic speakers. We just added uh, MapQuest is coming in and, uh, and speaking. Uh, can I say, uh, can I ask if they're still still around? They are, they, I guess? They are. They've got some pretty interesting new, uh, some, some, some new stuff coming down the pipe. So looking forward to hearing from them. Um, and and a whole slew of other great companies. Think Nair will be there. Uh, Shelf Bucks will be there. Isle Four One One, you know, talking about uh, their Project Tangle Walgreens applications. Um, you know, just just a, a whole array of amazing companies. Exad. Um, you know, so so I'm really pumped about it. Uh, you know, our friends at AdTile that we talked about a few times on here with their motion uh, ads and so on. You know, so just lots of great stuff going on. Uh, GameStop just uh, told us this week that they're uh, they're going to be speaking on a panel as well. So, you know, lots of great brands, tons of great brands. So, so really, this is like, really 
a thousand speakers in a day. That's what it, it seems like. Yeah, yeah, you know, something like that. Something like yeah. that. Uh, I mean, what, it, the beauty is, is it's one day jam packed full of great content yeah. and a lot of brands getting up and talking about, you know, how they're thinking about mobile and location and, and what's relevant to them right now and, 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 and how they go about their decision making. So that's what I'm pumped about is, is to actually hear from the horse's mouth, so to speak. We, you know, these vendors can talk all day about their great solutions and platforms, but it's when the brands get up there and say, Here's what we really care about. Um, that's what gets me uh, excited, and that's what Retail Logo is all about. So uh, if you can get there October 2nd, join us. Uh, you can go to uh, you know our site. You can go to Untether. There's banners all over the place. There's you know discount codes like you know you just pump in. There's secret ones. But untether. All, untether all in caps. Get a million percent off. You, yeah, you, you save money, right? Yeah. So check it out. Uh, RetailLO.co. Yeah. Is the site. You should have a tag. It's called uh, Brands and Brains. Right? Come spend a day with Brands and Brains. There you go. Yeah. I just coined so it. So there you go. That's so, it. So that's the big news from the LBMA side. Um, next week, uh, in addition to being in Vancouver, uh, at the end of the week, um, I will be in New Orleans for the uh, beginning of the week from uh, Sunday through Wednesday, uh, through, well, through Tuesday. Um, actually attending uh, and speaking at two conferences that are like happening a block away from each other if you can believe it. BIA Kelsey has their uh, location conference um, called Leading in Local uh, happening and at the same time uh, the FS Tech uh, food service technology industry uh, uh, event is happening so everybody in the restaurant world will be in New Orleans also um, and I'm attending both if you can believe it so um, yeah, so that's where I'll be. So if you if you're in New Orleans, come come find me somewhere. Send you know, me a text. You know, find me on on Foursquare or or uh, whatever or Twitter, and uh, let's meet up. I have this vision of you running between the the events, right? With like uh, making sure that yeah. it's like you like you've got you're on a, a on two dates at the same time, right? Where you've got to make sure your badge is the right one, and you run up and you wipe the sweat off your brows. You're running between these two events. And <laughs> exactly. You got you got to think that the restaurant industry people will be a little more fun to hang out with than the local search directory people, but. Yeah. You never know, right? They're wild and crazy people. Those yeah. local search directory people, right? Yes, worried about yeah. their jobs. Um, yeah, and then we are going to be, of course, uh, we're going to be in uh, New York City for uh, two different events. It's uh, during Ad Week. I'm going to be at the MMA event, the uh, SM2 event. We'll be hosting a panel um, on uh, September 30th, I believe. Yeah, September 30th at 12 o'clock. If you are around, if you're at the SS. Uh, SM2 event, or if you are happen to be around uh, there for Ad Week and you want us to connect, we would love to be able to do that to uh, to have a good evening out with you guys while we're in New York City. So reach out; you can find us anywhere at Rob Woodbridge at a CFARCon, or of course RobertOntether.tv or CFATTheLBMA.com. Reach out; let us know that you're going to be at Ad Week, and let's see if we can actually pool a bunch of people together and have a good time. If not, well, forget it. You know, we yeah. won't. Just be a Cif and I. Drinking. We're doing a live show, so you know. Uh, yes, I can't wait for that. Uh, and we're going to be doing the live show as, uh, on Tuesday afternoon of that uh, after uh, this panel that I'm involved in. And uh, we're going to see if we can bring in just corral a whole bunch of guests. So if you're there, if you want to be a guest, show up. If you want to just hang, show up. See how the magic works? Show like up. It. Yeah, if you want to buy us a drink, that's good too. Show up. All right. Those are All the right. big things going on. Let's jump into the news uh, of this past week. There were some significant stories. Uh, and we're not even going to be talking about the uh, the download queue for iOS 8. We can t we can talk about that later. You can complain we're about that to anybody special else. Special tool for removing the new U2 album oh. from your iTunes uh, library? No, we're not talking about that. No, you know, best quote best quote ever is uh, uh, you know, damn you, U2, greatest band in the world for giving me a free album. Screw you, yeah. right? What Screw people complain? You. People are idiots. I gotta say uh, that. Okay. Like you're complaining because you got a free record. Invasion of privacy, my goodness. Anyway, so no, we're not going to be talking about that because that'll get us on our roll. Asif, why don't you kick off the top stories of the week? All right, so our first story, uh, over to London. This, this is like, uh, you know, I, I think the first half of this show is all like in the UK, right? Yes. So, yeah. Um, we should be know, there. The, the British are coming. The British are coming. <laughs> uh, so anyways, uh, and, and by the way, like today's the day, right? Like when, you know, the uh, the polls are open, the Scots are voting uh, oh, yes. for so we will, uh, by the time I get to to Edinburgh for our October the 6th event, which, by the way, the LBMA Edinburgh chapter, October the 6th, if you're over there, don't miss it, I could be in a whole different country. You you could require a passport to get in there, a new passport. Yeah, no. Yeah. But anyhow, 
So we start we start over uh, in London with our first story. Uh, our good friends at Google have had a project going for a little while now. We talked about this when they first announced it many months ago, called Google Outside. And so um, they've they've expanded this now to 175 screens in London. So these are digital out of home displays, typically on the side of bus shelters and things like that. And if you remember when we talked about this story in the, uh, the first time. The whole uh, idea around this, or the whole sort of importance of this, is, is that there was no predetermined ad buy per se. It was an ad being served into the into the side of the uh, the screen um, that um, you know is is contextual based on location and time of day and who's there and all that kind of stuff. And so they've rolled this out now to 175 screens, um, and uh, and they've tied in uh, to to this. Uh, the Google Search app, uh, including for iOS, um, and uh, and so they're they're delivering contextual ads to to the mobile, uh, and tying those into what you see on the screen. And so one example they give a, a, about this, and so a lot of these are happening in, in transit shelters or in subway stations or, you know, things like that uh, on the tube and so on. So one example I say is if you're at King's Cross, you might see. You might get a screen telling you about the weather in Paris because that's you know where you can get on the uh, the Eurostar to take take the train from London to Paris, right? So you know they're giving you information that's completely contextual to where you are, uh, and trying to you know leverage that you know that ad mechanism to kind of get you to you know hop on a train to, to Paris, uh, you know in that context. They 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 say you know if you are um, in in East London. The screen might say, you know, what bisque is, or you know, comparing crayfish to lobster, um, or, or uh, you know, what time does the Billingsgate fish market open? You know, things like that, right? So information that might be relevant to where you are at that particular time. Love this stuff. Obviously, this is what we we, we live and dream about every single day at uh, at the LBMA. So uh, I love that they're doing this, and I love that they're scaling this out now. Um, you know, to to 175 screens. I like that story as well. It's so simple. In, in context, right? It's so simple. It's probably the lowest barrier. There's no, n not very much of a barrier to entry to be able to do stuff like that with uh, with Google data. I think it's amazing. No, unbelievable. Just a cost of screens. There you go. All right. Well, our uh, second story, uh, you, you know, I think that this promise has been given to us many times before, the idea of geo-targeted uh, advertising. And uh, the Times Museum exhibition is using it inside of taxi ads. Um, so, this is the Times Museum is at the Saatchi Gallery in Chelsea, uh, and it's to be, they're trying to promote it through a geo-targeted campaign across London taxi. So basically this is a, a uh, something that's created by Kinetic Worldwide, and it was probably over by the time you're watching this, but it was started on the 8th of September for a couple of weeks across uh, Verifone Media Taxis, and uh, they're on their 2500 VNet digital screen. So these are the, the screens you see inside of taxis. You see these all over the place. So when a taxi enters an area close to the Saatchi Gallery, the Time Museum Creative will auto-play. So when you walk in or when you drive into the geofence, the screens are taken over and this, their creative will auto-play. And it will auto-play continuously the entire time you are in that geofenced area. But as soon as you, on every screen, and it'll just replay, it'll just replay. <laughs> I think that's an interesting thing. Uh, and then as soon as you get out of that geofenced area, go back to the regular scheduled programming, the other thing that it has is a tap at NFC tags, which will enable you to interact with the, with the cabs and then even directing the user or the driver or the rider to the Times Museum site. Uh, so this is this is an interesting play. I think this is another thing that we've been looking forward to seeing is that how did they leverage geofencing? Um, I think that it's interesting inside of cabs because usually when I'm in a cab, I'm already on my way for destination. So I think that the tap it piece to get it to the website is one piece, but I think that an incentive in order to be able to either make me remember, add it to a calendar, make me download a coupon or something to that extent is the next piece for this while I'm in there. Get my attention, you want to close on the deal somehow, not just drive them to the website. But I, I, I think this is a, a neat use. We'll see how this works. I think that it takes the power of 2,500 cabs or 2,500 screens and Verifone to be able to get this done. But uh, pretty neat. I, I, I think it's great. I think it's yep. very smart. Um, I, I do. I do agree with the the NFC uh, tagging piece. I think it makes makes a lot of sense. You know, I think what might be interesting here, and I'm not sure the economics work, but you know, you, you know, we talked about this idea of. Uh, restaurants or, or brands, you know, or in this case, museum, uh, underwriting the cost of the, the cab. Uh, yeah. cab. Um, you know, that might be an interesting piece to think about here. Um, I don't know. 
I, you know what? I think that uh, that's interesting. Work that through. So yeah. you're usually uh, going someplace in a cab. You've already picked your destination. It's not like something you just randomly get into a cab and say, take me somewhere. It's you're going somewhere. But I like that idea a lot is that, uh, you know, while you're in the geofenced area, the ad comes up, you tap NFC and it gives you free cab fare back to the museum. Right. So that you yeah. you can use it. You know, it expires in 48 hours or something to that extent. Yeah. Where you well, can, I think, I think that's great. Uh, anyhow, there you go. Not, not trying to get, you know trying to tell you guys how to run your business, but you know. But man, I like that a lot. We're just here. Um, all right, our third story, still in the UK. Now we're talking about Weave. Guys, we haven't Hair talked weaves. about Weave in a Hair while. Weaves, so right? Weave is the UK version of oh, yeah. what was ISIS and now Softcard um, in the US. Uh, so this is the carrier consortium play between uh, O2 Everything Everywhere um, and uh, Vodafone in the UK, so the three the three biggest carriers, which represents about eighty percent of the subscriber mobile subscriber base in the UK, um, you know, for a while now they've been running this mobile wallet type uh, platform, uh, you know, geo targeted SMS type solution. Uh, have had some success with that in, in, in presenting offers to folks, but uh, this week on on sort of the uh, you know the uh, the announcement of Apple Pay, one of the senior executives. Um, Came out with a uh, was interviewed and basically said uh, they are going to drop their plans for NFC payments because they don't think they can compete with Apple Pay um, and and I think that's really interesting to see a major carrier consortium you know group like this uh, come and come out and say we don't think we can compete with these guys we think they can do it better than us um, and so we're not gonna we're not gonna go after that market now. This is uh, obviously they're referring specifically to the iPhone market here because obviously Apple Pay doesn't work on on anything that's not an you know iPhone six uh, or Apple Watch um, and um, so that, that's that's their specific concern. They're still going to go after the Android market and you know the Windows market and the BlackBerry market and everything else. Um, oh, but, uh, so they don't want to offer a full cross-platform offering. That's good. Yeah. 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 It's Really, really it's strange odd. to see that kind of announcement. But uh, I don't know. I mean, it, does this single uh, signal uh, anything for you know the soft card guys uh, or other? I mean, there's tons of these carrier consortiums in other markets. We've talked about them in China and Indonesia and, and other places around the world. And the so, Walmart-led uh, currency, right? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. The MCX now uh, yeah. currency. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, on, on you know over across the pond in the U.S. So. Softcard did come out this week and say that um, they've signed a, a major retailer in Subway is is rolling out their platform across the board in every Subway location. Yeah. So, uh, so, so I think there's a bit of a battle right now, right, for market share. Yeah, but so, uh, Subway's like the Subway's like the town bike of uh, of uh, yeah. of currency. You know, and, you know, and meanwhile, Whole Foods comes out and says we're going Apple Pay all the well, way. But right? you can so. you can pay with Subway. Subway was one of the companies that app that supports Apple Pay as well. So I mean, I think yeah. that at some point you're going to realize that whatever you want to pay with, you'll be able to pay with at all of these retailers. And if you don't accept them all, you're pretty much yeah. not. So not, you know, I'm a bit surprised by this announcement. For yeah, me. so am I. I don't I don't think it makes a lot of sense. Well, not when you think that the market for, uh, you know, iOS market is, uh, Apple market, iPhone market is 13% of the global sales. And I, I would say that it's probably skews more towards Android as you get further east of us outside of North America into Europe and then further east into uh, the rest of Europe and Asia. Uh, I think this is very short-sighted. And to put your hands up and say we're not going to do it because of Apple Pay, that's dumb. In the UK, uh, uh, iPhone's about a third of the market yeah. share. It's, but it's crazy. Like you know, you want to offer a cross-platform thing. So what? So maybe you don't have a lot of pickup in inside of uh, in the iOS version, but you have to still offer it. It's just it seems ridiculous yeah. if they don't do it. Yeah. Well, that's short-sighted. And these are carriers, and these are the carriers who own the relationships with the customers, right? So come yeah. up with something, boy. I I, I give up. That's it. I give up. Whatever. All right. Great. Sorry. From, so we're done with the UK for the moment. Yeah, let's go to prison, shall we? Let's go to prison. Or let's uh, let's foster entrepreneurship in prison. Uh, Pigeonly, it's a company that is actually started out of an incubator that actually houses. Um, uh, uh, so Pigeonly is an incubator actually that houses uh, fosters entrepreneurship in prisons. Literally, what it sounds like: prisons, felons learning about entrepreneurship. And uh, I mean, this is this is somewhat inspirational that they're doing this. Is that they'll bring they'll go in and uh, you know 
inside of prisons they're teaching entrepreneurship and how to build your own business and how to grow your own business and and uh and so that the the felons the uh the convicts are I don't know, equipped to go out into the real world and start their own business. And one of these little companies that they saw, you know, after literally being in prison and seeing a challenge, one of the uh, ex-cons came out and started something called Pigeonly, and they've got this product called Photo Pigeon. And uh, it's solving a problem that no one else has tackled, really, which is, you know, there is a market that nobody wants to approach, which is inmates. So what Photo Pigeon does, it's very simple, is it says, listen, if you want to send a photo to somebody in prison, uh, register. We have the registry of all felons, all um, uh, all people in prison, and you pick the person you want to send the photo to. You upload it from Instagram, upload it from uh, Facebook, or any other photo that you might want to have. They will actually, up to five per week, print them off and deliver them to the convict in prison for you, for free. Anything over five uh, photos, it's basically fifty cents a print. This is this is one of these great 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 stories. I'm finding an opportunity because it's very difficult to do this. These guys have tackled that opportunity, and you can go find out a little bit more about them at photopigeon, f o t o pigeon.com, which is a great name by the way. I freaking love the name. Yeah. Uh, and pigeonly, p i g e o n dot l y. Um, I this is like one of those great stories. I don't know how they make money, but this is a great story. Yeah, but they're doing something good. So. Yeah, pigeonly, yeah. photo pigeon. There you go. Printing. So, so our next story, our our, uh, our fifth story, is about a company called Mood Media. We've talked about these guys uh, in the past, a long time ago. But these are the guys. Uh, they're the biggest player in the uh, in-store audio system, the mu- the Muzak uh, bi- business, right inside of retail stores. Um, and and a little while ago, they announced a platform called Presence, which is is about knowing and detecting when people are in stores, uh, and doing that through uh, inaudible um, audio signals, right? So. And uh, and so they've they've announced a series of, of development tools or APIs that uh, retailers can take and build in their, into their own mobile app or into third party apps that interact with the uh, the in store audio system. So in a sense, kind of like uh, you know what we're going to be talking about in a minute, you know, with Shopkick, but in a, in a very different way. Um, and, and because it's this is it's platform agnostic, right? In in many cases, and uh, and, and so what you can do here is is you. Can build and so and they've rolled this out currently to seventy five thousand stores across uh, the U S. Wow! Uh, and they expect to be uh, they'll be up to about three hundred thousand by the end of next year. Uh, so so fairly you know large uh, presence out there in terms of, of their work of stores that that uh, you know have access to this technology already in house. It's not like something they got to go add you know uh, hardware into, into, into the store to, to to do this. It's just you know uh, now getting the. Re- to build the, the capability into the mobile apps and so on. And so you walk in, uh, the app will detect the audio signal um, that's coming off of the system and then create call to actions in response to that by knowing you're in the store that's triggered by the audio uh, response to hearing that, that inaudible audio signal. What do you think uh, iBeacon and Beacons do, do, does to something like Mood Media? Like uh, you know, when when you start to think about the the simplicity of beacons and the, maybe the complexity of mood media, do you think that it has an impact? Well, the the thing is, is I don't think there's a lot of complexity there, right? In, in the mood media platform, you know, I, I actually think in, in one respect, if you're the retailer and you've had mood media's audio technology in place forever, well, yeah, you know, in some ways you would you would go, you know, make it easy. You you think twice about rolling out beacons yeah. for, just from a capital cost perspective, right? Uh, because you're, here's a technology you've already got in house that you can basically activate, you know, through your app. Um, that's quite easy, I would think, right? The question becomes about, um, you know, how discreet, like, you know, how finite can you be in the location targeting, right? right. Beacons, right. Uh, you know, probably give you, you know, a much more detailed view uh, of, you know, of presence than something like this. Um, but you know, it depends. I mean, it depends on your on the type of store environment you have, right? I mean, if you're if we're talking about luxury retail, for example, right? You know, you walk into, you know, a Gucci store. You know, first of all, the footprint's not that big, right? You, you know, do you need to have a beacon on, on departments, every yeah. corner of that store, or right. or is one big you know presence enough? Probably one big presence you know detection is enough, right? So I think there's a place, certainly a place for this kind of thing, 
you know, um, you know, as a contrast to beacons. You know, it's interesting because uh, we're going to talk about this in a second, and we're going to do a deep, deeper dive when it comes to Macy's and Shopkick, which is the sixth story. But it'll be very interesting because uh, if you, say, for example, had beacons um, enabled in other third-party apps for, say, Gucci, so say you're using somebody else's app and you walk in and it's beacon enabled for Gucci and you get some kind of deal, but you have you have basically uh, mood media um, and the present service uh, as another layer on top of that. That when you only use the Gucci app and it detects that you get a you get an enhanced loyalty yep. provide provision. So I think you can scale it that way, which is pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Cool mood media. Well, we're going to talk about this Macy's and Shopkick rollout. Macy's was one of the very early uh, customers of Shopkick and we all know Shopkick as basically the they're really early pioneers in presence recognition. So they had their own proprietary device that sits inside of a store when you walk in and you get uh, you know you don't get any discounts or deals what you get are uh, you get basically kicks, right? They're basically like Shopkick bucks. And then they can be redeemed at a whole bunch of other retailers like Best Buy, Target, Crate and Barrel, Macy's of course. Well, Macy's is going all in. 4,000, 4,000 beacons in its stores, all running off of the Shopkick platform. Uh, and basically, it's going to be done with the Shopkick app. And that is one of our main stories we're going to be talking about a little bit later on, a deep dive. And this is going to be completed in the early fall. This is going to be no different than what the typical Shopkick experience is right now. They are just emulating what the typical Shopkick experience so that you can basically, um, it's going to be uh, deals that you can currently receive uh, from uh, Macy's, the promotions that are already there, deals or discounts. Um, and the next phase, they're going to be talking about rolling out some precision tailored uh, department store deals. But this is going to be, um, we got some big opinions about this macy's going all in with shopkick um but that is a big story because beacons man the beacons are everywhere and uh now macy's has four thousand by the fall before shopping season starts all right our seventh story uh back across the pond over to paris this time yes. for remy martin and uh the uh the launch of a uh a, you know a platform that they're calling future heritage i like the accent uh, well well done yeah, it's uh, part of Paris Design Week, and uh, they've partnered with a group called LabWork and some students from the uh, uh, École Cantonais uh, des Arts de Lausanne. Um, you know, <laughs> well done, Steve. All good. Uh, you are in Quebec. Yeah, I am in. I am. In Quebec. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So what they're doing is is they're trying to drive traffic to historically famous Parisian bars. Um, you know that obviously have exclusive uh, Remy Martin uh, cocktails, and so if you're a Remy Martin fan, or you uh, you want to uh, check this thing out, or you want to visit some of these historic bars, they've combined uh, Apple's iBeacon technology uh, uh, into this initiative, and so there's an app you can download. The app is, is also called Future Heritage, uh, so you can find it there. Uh, it's it's only running. Um, you know, uh, this week right now, so it's it's uh, the sixth to the thirteenth. So it, it's uh, it, it's done, but uh, you you can go back and, and and the app will continue to run, but this, the promotions won't. Uh, they're in specific bars. There's there's a list of the uh, the locations uh, where, where where this is happening. But um, you know, it's kind of interesting because what what they do is is they uh, they drive you into these things, and then you know the beacon activates on the app uh, notes from the bartender images of the things ingredients that are used in the uh, you know in the in the in these exclusive cocktails so that you can kind of take it away and go home and make it you know with your own Remy Martin at home so it's kind of interesting i mean i always find these things you know especially when you have you know sort of high end you know uh, cocktail product like this right this this isn't heineken right this is you know, and 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 so you know, I always I always look at and go, you know, what what's the market for this? It's kind of like you know, like what we talked about with um, the ice cream thing, you know. Yeah. You know, and yeah. you know, is there a market for an ice cream app? Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe and, an ice cream I, app, but not a single branded ice cream app. Right? Yeah, a single yeah. branded ice. Cream app, sorry, um, and, and the same thing here to some extent for me. Um, although what I like about this is. Um, it, it, is that you know it's kind of creating a bit of a tourist thing to go to some of these historic bars right yeah. um, you know these are bars that have been there for you know hundreds of years in, in some cases right so um, anyhow check it out Remy Martin uh, Future Heritage uh, pretty interesting all part of Paris Design Week so we should just we should go to Paris to try that right we should 
Yeah. Uh, we can't we can't be critical about something we haven't tried. Right? I'm with you. All I'm right. with you. All right, so maybe what we could do is we could uh, rent a car from Verizon. <laughs> I'm not lying here. Uh, I'm not no. lying here. No. Maybe maybe we can get into that business. Oh my goodness. That's some free uh, free time. Well, you, you know, uh, this is this is our this is our next story. This is our eighth story when we're talking about Verizon Auto Share, and I'm not lying here. Capitalizing on this, I don't know, opportunistic thing, which is uh, you know this autonomous uh, sharing of vehicles. Right? We have we have a whole bunch of different kinds of uh, companies that share vehicles. So you can rent your vehicle. You can actually be like a you use Virtu Car if you want to be able to just use your car for a couple of times a week if you don't want to own a car. Well, Verizon uh, announced plans to introduce a new smartphone app that would allow rental car customers to unlock a vehicle. Uh, so it also, you, you know, it's basically they're getting into the rental vehicle business in the temporary vehicle business. Um, what 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 can happen with this is ultimately you can start to think um, that uh, it uh, it can actually offer deals uh, with like free in in car Wi-Fi and fuel purchase options. So these are some benefits that can actually happen as a result of being on the Verizon network. Um, and it will also the the, the app will also include uh, Delphi's uh, in-vehicle uh, telematics device. It's pretty simple. After using a customized app to log in or a smartphone or tablet, uh, users can scan a QR code that's on the car. So those are clearly identified with QR codes on the vehicle's windshield. Uh, validates, captures the person, the unique vehicle ID, and once the code and driver are validated, an electric key fob is created on the phone, allows you to get into the car and drive away. We all know what this can do. The real question is, why? Why would Verizon do this? Why would Verizon get into this business? I can't tell if they're trying to just create the service or actually get into the business of sharing cars. Um, and on one side, I can uh, I can totally rake this over the coals and say, what is their true business? Is this helping them sell data plans and get into uh, you know more people's um, uh, phones? Uh, is this about selling Wi-Fi into those cars, which I can understand? Or is this just trying to be opportunistic and see what the trend is going on and uh, trying to be a little you know, Google-like? It like it's any of that, right? You know, where this is coming from, the guy who <laughs> yeah. who's leading this thing uh, is a guy named Mark uh, Bartolome, or, or sorry, or Bartolomeo, Bartolomeo, sorry. Yes. Uh, he's the head of Internet of Things, the Connected Solutions Division of Verizon. Um, and so, you know, this is a trend that we see from carriers, right? So you have AT and T has a whole connected thing. You know, all these guys have these things, right? And yep. so, they're they're trying to say, look, you know, we're connected home business. We're in the connected car business. We're, in, you know, what? Um, you know, like there's a lot of good car sharing services out there, people. Um, and I think, you know, this this is going to be one of these things where, you know, they'll get six customers, and and then they'll realize, you know, that this just isn't happening. Um, but, but what about what about doing you know, something? What about offering this as a software as a service piece, right? So, you, you know, these guys could do this for the small and medium sized rental units, the monpa rental shops that that don't have this as a service anymore. So they could actually say, okay, well, you know, Verizon, we can come in and give you the infrastructure for like nine bucks a month or nine bucks a car or whatever it might be, and it's fully insured. It's fully everything that you need because a lot of companies can't afford to do that on their own, and they want to get into that business, right? Yeah, that's a better strategy than coming out with their own car service. No, completely. So, j just as a sidebar to this, yeah. so you remember maybe like six, seven months ago, we talked about a company called Flight Car. Yes. Yeah. That had so Flight Car was these guys who came up with this idea. They went and signed deals with, you know, I think ten of the ma the top airports in the U.S. Yep. Uh, SFO and, and and airports like that. And they basically came up with this concept to to compete in the in the car rental business, where they said, um, you know, people like me, you know, for example, who travel a lot, drive your own car to the airport. Well, you know, while you're away, and your car's sitting at the airport. Yep. You know, we will rent it out to somebody, and and you can make money from that, right? right? Uh, and and they insure it, they they clean your car for you, and get it all washed, and you know, and, and you actually make money from this if you're willing to lend your car out in that in that context. So these guys, I, I didn't I didn't actually include it in the stories for this week, but they they raised thirteen point five million dollars this week to do okay, that. For, so if you think about that now. Right, and you and you look at it and go, what percentage of flight car customers are Verizon subscribers? Right, and then you look at it and go, 
is there a way to link, you know, sort of car sharing in that context to Verizon subscriber base or AT&T subscriber base or anything? Now, all of a sudden, you know, it starts to make sense to me to do something like this, right? Where there's a car share program, you know, sponsored by Verizon, brought to you by Flight Car. Okay, now, now, now there's something here that makes sense to me, right? But, you know, on their own, no. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Right. So here you go. Flight car people, go talk to Verizon. Please. Go oh, rescue oh. Verizon's initiative here. Yes. Yeah. All right. On to the ninth. Yeah. So, we're, you know, we're, we're crossing back over to, uh, to New York now. Bing, and, bing, uh, bing, bing. Yeah, we're, we're bang, bang, like across the pond and, and back again all the time here. So, um, anyways, so this uh, YNR, uh, the big agency, uh, Young and Rubicam uh, in New York, um, along with uh, VML, another digital agency, and a group called the Partnership for Healthier America, uh, have teamed up to uh, create something called Drink Up. Uh, this is a, a promotion to encourage people to drink more water and, and to be healthier. Uh, because we all we all need to drink water. I'm drinking water right now, right here, bottled stuff. But you know, mm. <laughs> at five bucks a bottle, it's good. Um, and the, the chair of of uh, Partnership for Healthier America is is Michelle Obama. Um, uh, and so there's a lot of support behind this initiative. Um, and so what these guys did was, and, and this will be uh, on the tail end one of one of the big stories that we're going to talk about here, uh, along with the uh, the beacons from uh, from Macy's and Shopkick. But they created this thing called the Drink Up Fountain, um, and there's a hashtag for it called Spread the Water, um, just hashtag Spread the Water. And what what they did is is they they went and they built this a water fountain in a in Brooklyn Bridge Park um, in New York City. And so basically, you you walk up to the water fountain and you go to take a drink from this, and as your mouth uh, basically takes in the water that you know from the stream of water that's coming out of this fountain. The fountain starts talking to you about, you know, why you need to be drinking more water and why it's good to do this, uh, and encouraging you along the way, giving you a pep talk basically around the importance of drinking more water. Um, and they had video cameras there, you know, in the area, sort of uh, mounted and filming, you know, people's reaction to this and their surprise to the water fountain talking to them. Uh, really, really interesting. Really cool. Uh, I love I love these initiatives that are about you know promoting good things like, like being healthier and drinking more water uh, and doing it in an interesting, unique way. So we'll talk more about that on, on the back end here. But yeah. uh, partnership for Healthy America, the Drink Up Fountain, um, really cool. I like it. I like that story. Our uh, our last story uh, is about uh, our friends Urban Airship, and uh, of course they're in the middle of all of this fray when it comes to interactive push notifications and push notifications across platform. And uh, they do not disappoint, right? They're one of the first companies out of the gate with iOS uh, push notifications, um, interactive push notifications. So if you know anything about iOS and you've seen all the demos, uh, there is a plethora of notification enhancements on iOS 8 uh, that allow you to do some pretty interactive things, not only from the Today screen, but also when they actually arrive. And, uh, you know, when you get notified, you can actually respond, delete, move, do whatever you need to do. It's pretty fascinating what they've done. They've started to emulate a lot what Android can do. But Urban Airship now supports um, the ability to create for this. Uh, and they've got this cross-platform uh, message center style widget uh, that enables brands to gain front and center visibility in the today view of the iOS 8 notification center or anywhere in the Android experience. So they really focus on making this the one-stop place where you can actually get all your notification stuff done. And it makes it, it brings it in natively, seamlessly so that it's not kludgy and, and, uh, and looks terrible. Um, so this is a drop-in widget and it can be easily tailored to deliver extremely targeted and obviously dynamic information for at a glance access by users. Uh, so it can do a bunch of things, right? Um, and yeah. it's only your imagination that can limit this. They also do a lot of things around, um, uh, you know, uh, the development tools to be able to make this easy to use. And uh, this, is, this is something that we're going to see very clearly, very quickly, have a huge impact on marketing dollars, location-based uh, marketing dollars, ad spend, uh, app enhancements. Uh, notifications is the new operating system. And uh, certainly, uh, you know, our good friends at Urban Airship are right in the middle of this. If there's a great little guide about how to use these interactive push notifications, just go to urbanairship.com. Yes. And by, and by the way, Urban Airship will be at Retail Logo as well. So you can, you can catch them there firsthand and, and hear what they're doing with this stuff. Yeah, they're amazing. They're even working on the uh, Amazon Fire operating system. 
Like this stuff works on it, right? Android, iOS, and Amazon. Pretty cool. Like it. Yeah. All right, those are the 10 top stories. They were brought to you by you, my friends. You out there. Those of you who have sponsored us, supported us uh, at patreon.com forward slash untether. Thank you so much each and every month for dipping into your wallet and pushing some dollars our way, some bits. It's pretty painless, right? Because you don't even see it. Um, and if you've forgotten about it, thank you. Just keep doing what you're doing. If you haven't done it yet, reach out. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash untether. We're all also looking to close out our sponsorship uh, for this episode, for these episodes. Our audience is now cresting, uh, as of the last count, about 800,000 plays, views a year, which is a crazy amount of people. Uh, so please, when we hit a million, the prices go up. So uh, reach out to Robin on Tether.tv if you want to sponsor this great, great, great podcast. This being episode number 200, you know we're damn serious. You know we're not going anywhere. Not only 200, but 200 consecutive. Haven't missed a week in 200 weeks. That's got to be some kind of record, except for Leo Laporte and the Twit Network. But hey, we're getting there. So uh, reach okay. out. If, yeah, reach out if you want to sponsor us. We would appreciate it. We'll be reaching out to you. So look for us calling you soon. Uh, <laughs> before, right. we, before we do our uh, two deep dive stories, we got a great guest here. His name is Ellie Portnoy. He is the president of Think Near, which was acquired by Telenav a couple of years ago. We really, really, really love what Ellie and his team do. Uh, I'll be uh, part of uh, what, why I'm in New York, or most of why I'm in New York, is to be with him at this event and uh, and be on this panel with Ellie. Um, and uh, so there's a mutual admiration. I love what this guy does to the industry. I love the fact that he, he publishes this, the Location Score Index, every quarter. Well, it's two quarters in a row. He's got a way to go before he hits 198 consecutive weeks. But two quarters in a row is a good start. Um, and uh, he has some news about how we're doing in uh, targeting of location-specific ads. So I'm going to let Ellie talk this through. Sit back and enjoy Ellie Portnoy of Think. Ellie, welcome back, my friend. Thank you. It's great to be back. Well, I am uh, I'm psyched about this because, uh, you know, obviously what we want is complete transparency in this industry, especially when it comes to uh, targeting uh, um, location-based ads onto mobile devices. We want this to actually be a growth industry, not a burden. Um, so thank you for doing this. I can't thank you enough for actually, you know, bringing up the large elephant in the room, which is accuracy. So thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. All right. So what happened this quarter that you put a smile on your face, Ellie? Yeah, so um, the great news is that the index went up from 49 to a 55, which is um, really dramatic and significant if you actually look at the underlying data. So the way we compile the, the location score index is we look at five different buckets of location accuracy, anywhere from zero to 100 meters, 100 to 1,000 meters, 1,000 to 10,000, 10,000 to 100,000, and for above to 100,000. And what we do is we uh, see what percent of the inventory falls into each bucket bucket and you get a, a point based on where you fall in. And so 49 to a 55 might not sound like a dramatic increase, but what actually means is that the percent of inventory that fell into the zero to 100 bucket went from 34% to 46%. That means that we went from about a third of all inventory being really accurate to almost half of all inventory being really accurate. And that's a very, very dramatic increase. And it just means that there's a lot more opportunity to do some really cool things in mobile. So it was very, uh, I got to tell you, just before we go any further, that uh, that uh, going from 49 to 55 f for me through high school and university was very significant, man. It was huge, <laughs> very significant. And it was only on half of my classes that that happened, but that's a different story. So uh, from, from 34 to 46%, uh, that's at the very hyper-local, very, I mean, exactly where you want the growth to happen. What happened to the rest of it? Because, you know, there are companies and there are uh, agencies and advertisers that are targeting broader than, than the last 100 meters. Yeah, so that's the other great, great thing. So the regional, which is 1,000 to 10,000 meters, which is really like DMA level stuff, that's actually where most of the... Um, where most of the growth in hyperlocal came from. So a lot of the regional stuff, like basically stuff that was probably IP derived or or just not great, went into the hyperlocal and everything else pretty much stayed the same. So you basically just substituted stuff that wasn't great um, for really good stuff and, and the rest stayed the same. Local, which is a hundred to a thousand, stayed at exactly the same percent at nine percent. Multi-regional went from, which is a 10,000 to a hundred thousand, went from 20 percent to 16 percent. The only one that took a little bit of a step back was national, which is stuff that's just totally inaccurate. Um, basically over 100,000 meters, that went from 7% to 11%. And I don't have a good reason why that happened.
That was Ellie Portnoy. Of course, if you actually want to download that, we'll throw this in as our resource as well. You can just go to locationscore.com and you can download that report, locationscore.com. I thank Ellie for coming on to Intelli.tv. I thank Ellie for allowing us to use this here on This Week in Location-Based Marketing. And I thank Ellie and his team at ThinkMeer for doing this because it's so important. And the activity that you, we've seen over the last quarter to actually make sure that accuracy is a focus, uh, I think is attributed to what, what they've done with the Location Score Index. So take a moment, download that, and then take another moment and thank Ellie and his team over at ThinkMeer. I don't know why I want to call it thank Mir. Just to be like, I feel like we have to thank think Mir. So I'm just going to concatenate that into thank Mir. Well, they put some good stuff out there. They put great, great content out there. Great, great research. So, uh, yeah. Well, I've just renamed his company to thank Mir. Thank Mir. Thanks. Thanks, Ellie, for doing this. All right. On to our right. uh, big stories here. Um, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the Macy's story? Let's see. Yeah, let's do that. Big, like this is, again, to recap, Macy's rolling out 4,000 uh, 4, beacons in their stores uh, and using the uh, Shopkick platform. Uh, I think this is a, a head-scratcher for both of us, isn't it? It, it is. It, it's, um, you know, sort of it, when, you look, when you think about this in context of all that is happening in the beacon space right now, you know, whether it's Apple or Gimbal or Estimo, you know, it doesn't matter. But every retailer we work with at the LBMA is rolling out some sort of beacon pilot or initiative. Um, and so I look at that and I go, you know, what does that mean, you know, for, you know, something like Shopkick, right? Because the challenge I have with Shopkick is that, you know, it, it's, a, it's an app that not, a, not tons of people have, number one. Um, number two, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it's designed to be a sort of, you know, multi-retailer loyalty type platform, right? So, you know, it's, as a consumer, you download the Shopkick app and you use it at Macy's, but you also use it at Target and Best Buy and, you know, Sports Authority and all these, you know, these different places, right? And and the more places you go, the more points you earn, which they call kickbucks. Um, and then you can use those, you know, to, uh, you know, against purchases or donate them to charity or whatever. So the, the notion of that is interesting, right? But if you're if you're the retailer, like the challenge I have is is that these guys, all these guys, have their own branded app. There's a Macy's yeah. app, the Best Buy app, um, and these apps are designed to work with you know the the sort of everyday beacons that you know that are being put out there today, not the Shopkick beacon, right? So you know how do you balance one against the other? Um, you know, and and it, it, and if I'm if I'm a retailer today, what I want is you know, I want as many people as possible through as many apps as possible to be able to, you know, have a call to action occur right. when they come in proximity to the beacon, right? So, you know, that's why I like things like InMarket, right? InMarket is great because, you know, the, the way that their, their platform works is it doesn't matter whether you have the Epicurious app on your phone or you've got Yelp or, or whatever you've got, you know, all of those apps can, can, you know, responses can get triggered through a beacon uh, in the store. Whereas in this case with Macy's and going all in with Shopkick, it's only Shopkick. And if you don't have the Shopkick app, forget it, right? Um, and and so, so that's the challenge I have here, you know. And, and they've always had a problem, you know, in some respects, like you Foursquare, know, like any of these things, right, where, you know, getting driving downloads is a tough, is a tough business, right? It's terrible so, business. You know, I don't know what their numbers are like these days. To, to be honest, I haven't looked at, at the Shopkick numbers, but you know, last I checked, it was something like, you know, six, seven million people uh, in total, right, uh, across the entire. And, and they're only in the U.S., right? So it's not like multinational. And uh, you know, so so for for me, that's the challenge I have with this, right? I think that you know, we need to look at uh, retailers should be looking at uh, platforms that you know, rolling out beacons, yes. Put beacons in place, standard beacons, not ultrasound beacons. You know that are you know unique only to the Shopkick platform. Um, and, and and you know I'm not you know to the other story, Mood Media. If you already have the stuff in your store, then use it. That's fine, right? That makes sense to me. But rolling out, putting in you know proprietary beacon hardware that only talks to one app. No, 
That's a bad move, people. Doesn't make sense, right? Uh, it does make sense, but you, you know, can say that about Apple right now with their beacon technology, right? Is that they're locking down their beacons to the to the apps that are to the retailers' apps, right? So yeah, but but, but here's the difference, right? Yeah. Here's the difference with that, right? Again, I don't uh, you know don't quote me on the numbers. I'm I'm saying six seven million people have the Shopkick app. How many people have uh, you know an iPhone? Yeah, right. That's a whole different story, right? In terms of market share, right? Potential market. It share, is. It is. Right? Apple has the clout. Eight hundred million people have an iTunes account, yeah. right? That's these are whole, you know, very different, you know, numbers when we look at scalability than you know a handful of people who have a Shopkick app. Yeah, I uh, this was a, a head scratcher for me as well for the exact same reasons. Uh, you know, the biggest one is that whose brand is who building, right? So Macy's is now building the Shopkick brand, and then Shopkicks, Kickbucks can be then used at, at a multitude of other stores, yes. as you said, right? So what what does that do? Where's the loyalty that it creates with Macy's? I can go to Macy's and then go spend the kicks uh, at Best Buy, and that doesn't make any sense to me, right? You want to own that relationship, so. Uh, you know, if you look at what Lord and Taylor did with their Beacon rollout, uh, yep. they opened it up to every app. So SnipSnap is a coupon app, and it was you could go into a Lord and Taylor with the SnipSnap app and get the deals through the SnipSnap app, and and they have two or three million installs, and then another another app has two or three million installs, and yep. then you could you could actually have you know fifteen or twenty million people that have I mean, an install base. Yeah, I mean, and remember last week we talked about um, you know Skype and, uh, yeah. and and chat and these guys. At starting location. location. Yep. Think think for a moment here, right? About you know the you know not too distant future when things like Skype, WeChat, Snapchat, uh, you know BBM, you know wh whatever, you know all of a sudden you know can activate within their their own stream of uh, of conversation a beacon based response. Yeah. Right now we're talking about huge. You know, numbers of people who already have these apps on their phones. We're not talking about driving app downloads anymore. No. They already have the app, yep. right? Whatever that app is, right? And 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 that's the challenge I have with this, right? This this is this is just you know putting your all your eggs in in, in a basket that uh, is going to be very very tough to uh, you know to, to show you know real return and, and and value for your customers. I think that Macy's is gearing up to buy this company. Right, so no, that, that makes sense. Yeah, so it's the only it's the only option right now. I don't know why they would support a company that basically takes traffic uh, out of their stores. So it doesn't create loyalty and engender loyalty. Yeah. So, well, and if you look at the numbers, right? So right now, uh, the entire Shopkick network across all the retailers is thirty five hundred stores. Yeah. When they add this in, it's seventy five hundred. So <laughs> that's why I think that this is just a precursor to Shopkick being acquired. There you go. This is it. Uh, and, and it's not, but but for you retailers out there who are listening to this, or you brand strategists or thinkers out there that are that are listening to this or watching this, think about this conversation. Think about proprietary technology. Think about the thing. Whose brand are you building? Who do you want? You know, do you want somebody to download the X brand, not your brand uh, app, to be able to use and interact uh, within your your uh, retail environment, or should they be downloading your app? And then, what's the benefit of them downloading your app? How do you give them? Uh, augmented loyalty credits or points or something make them feel special for your app and then how do you then also work with a network of apps to be able to so, uh, expose I, people yeah, I agree so if they own the technology and yeah. it's now part of their their Brilliant. own app Go. it makes sense yeah. right and, and, and then you know as a consumer you're going to want that you know to, to have that because you know it's the Macy's app yeah. but you know kind of like how my kid my, my son is about to be very disappointed when you know, he can no longer play Minecraft because it's only available on the Windows Microsoft. platform. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yes. Well, that's a good way to end the Macy's conversation. Don't, yeah. Although my kids were very excited about Microsoft because they're like, Microsoft, we use Explorer in school. And I'm like, yeah, that's wrong. That's what's wrong with the school system these days. Yeah. 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 All right, our, our second story, uh, this is a, a, a really interesting uh, use of off-the-shelf parts, off-the-shelf technology, really interactive way of getting people to drink more water and talk about drinking water, which you don't often hear, in, especially in North America, the Drink Up Fountain. Why did you like this so much, Asif? I, I really like this because, you know, it, it kind of, it, it, it points to a big trend that, that we're seeing right now, which is, you know the whole Internet of Things type uh, environment where, you know, there we, we can just take, 
component technology uh, or, or take 3D printing, um, you know, and, and for very little money and with a lot of open source, you know, type of technology out there, we can build stuff, right? You know, we're, we're going back to this sort of, you know, um, you know, creative culture, maker world, you know, build, maker world yeah. you know, build your own type of stuff. Uh, that's very much about technology, right? And, you know, like I think about, in, in a very different context, when I was growing up, uh, there was this company called uh, Heathkit uh, that was around back in the day. And my dad, you know, we used to get these catalogs, uh, you know, in the mail of these things that you, you basically would order, like, you know, like a kit. And it came with, like, you know, the, the circuit board and all the circuits. and you know, all the diodes and, the, you know, all the stuff, right? And, and it, you know, you, you have these instructions, much better, by the way, than IKEA instructions, let me just say, <laughs> um, where you basically could build your own electronic things. Like you could build, uh, we built like a stereo receiver. We built, you know, uh, a disco light. We built like, you know, a clock. Uh, just you know, for the sake a, of building. Right, yeah, and this was like one of the things my dad and I actually did together, um, and, and you know, you, you like all the components came, and you could do this stuff. Uh, I wish that company was still around because I'd love to do it today. Uh, but in a different way, that's effectively you know how things like the drink up fountain get made, right? Because you have components out there, things like Raspberry Pi. So th in this case, they use Raspberry Pi, they use uh, Arduino, uh, Makey Makey. Uh, you know, these were the these were the components that went in to help create the drink up fountain, and. Love it. Um, you, you know, in, in, in other ways, we see this all the time. We have a company, one of our members is this company out of, uh, out of Vancouver called the IoT Design Shop. And everything they do is custom made. Like, it's, it, it, it's a custom development. Like, you go to them with an idea or a challenge, and then they, they build something, right, to, to help solve that problem. Um, and uh, and, and so, so this is what I like about this story. You know, let, you know the fact is it, it, it's, it's, it's for a good cause, right? And, and they're talking about... You know, getting people to drink more water and be healthier. So I love that. But the, for me, the underlying story here is this whole idea of maker culture and readily, easily available components and 3D printing, you know, and, and how all that's going to come together, right? Because I, I read another story this week, and I almost threw it into the uh, the top ten, which is this this company, and, and now I'm going to have to go, I, I forgot the name of it now, but th these guys have, have basically, uh, they're going after, um, you know, ki the kids, who, uh, you know, for whatever reason, need to have artificial limbs and things like this. And they're, they're 3D printing, uh, you know, arms and legs and, and things. But every one of them that they make is made to look like, you know, a superhero uh, uh, prosthetic. Right? Come on. It's, so they actually That's have, cool. like, a Wolverine-looking yeah. uh, arm, right, with the, with the spikes coming out. All, like, it's amazing, right? Uh, and it's so cheap and it's so easy to do this stuff that you know, like, like it's unbelievable. Uh, now, now I have to go find it. So you know, while you're you're talking about, it, I'm going to go dig this up so I can think of this thing. All right, I'll stall. I'll stall for time here. Yeah, you know what? What really uh, appealed to me about uh, the drink up fountain um, was it became a destination unto itself. Right? Is that uh, not only did it create awareness for this concept of drinking more water and it rewarded people with these great things. You've seen the video by now. And, and, uh, but what it did is it, it drew people to that fountain and it created a conversation around that fountain in that spot. And I think that a lot of companies, you know, clamor and they force things to be able to create that kind of awareness, that kind of location, that kind of, uh, um, I don't know, uh, marketing for, for something that was so simple. And these guys just made a fountain that talked. Yeah. Did you find the company name? No, I'm still looking. God, okay. Well, I'm going to wrap it up. And as you, I'm wrapping up, you can come up with the name. I'm, trying, I'm trying Keep to going, go keep going. Well, yeah, those I are just... the uh, top 10 stories of the week. Our two big deep dives in Macy's uh, and uh, this whole strategy around using somebody else's app for your loyalty, which is kind of crazy. Um, and the Drink Up Fountain, and why Asif loves this. The uh, maker, the maker bot, the maker revolution is, is, uh, is alive and well certainly when it comes to these things. And of course, uh, our resource of the week and our guest was Ellie Portnoy of Think Near and the Location Score Index. Go to locationscore.com if you want to download that. Did you find it? I got it, yeah. What is it? So uh, there's a, it's a group called Enabling the Future. So it's E-Enabling uh, uh, the Future. Yep. Uh, it's a volunteer uh, organization. And so they're basically printing prosthetic limbs for kids, and all these limbs look like uh, superhero-themed um, you know, like prosthetics. So they've got an Iron Man one, they've got a Wolverine one, 
Um, I don't know if there's any, I mean, there must be some sort of, uh, you know, copyright infringement <laughs> issues around this stuff. And if but not, just we've just drawn attention to it. So way to go, Asif. That they're doing this. It's, yeah. like, it's, it's amazing. So they, they, they presented this at the Grand Rapids Maker Fair in Michigan um, uh, just, just, just recently. Uh, so check it out. Uh, Enabling the Future is the name of the group. Uh, okay. They've got Batman, Captain America, Wonder Woman, um, prosthetics. I can't and imagine it only Wolverine, costs, though. But here's the thing. It only cost them about $50 to make one. Like, and it's all 3D printed. Uh, just crazy. Very cool. What's the URL there? Uh, Do you have a URL? Um, hang on. Let me dig that one up for you. I don't want to delay the show any longer. It's just, just go to enablingthefuture.org. Okay. Very cool. So there you go. A little bonus at the end of the show. Ten stories, one guest, slash resource, two top, two top stories, deep dives. Our episode number 200 is done, just like the other 199 before it. And just like we will be back next week for episode 201. Just remember, we're going to be delayed a day or two with the release of that because it's going to be a live show live from NYC. Safe travels, Asif. I know you're going to be bouncing around the country, but uh, hopefully you land well when we reconnect in New York week after next. Everybody else, have a great week. See you next time.